the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus is the central event in human history. It is the central event in every individual's life even. And we're seeing, you know, from the triumphal entry, this Passion Week, all the way through the resurrection, we are seeing all of Scripture even drawn into and, and highlighted through the, these ideas. You know, Jesus in Luke said that all of, all of Scripture from Moses to the prophets is about him. The gospel is at the center of the Christian, Christian message and his death burial and resurrection is the gospel the why of that and and i just want to explore this idea of why did jesus die now you may know the answer to that question but i hope that you'll spend some time just meditating and, and appreciating these truths why did jesus die he volunteered he voluntarily went to the cross right and i just want to highlight a couple of things first of all Mark says in, in verse 24, so subtle, I mean, he says, and they, half a sentence, and they crucified him. Why would Jesus go through such an excruciating way to die? You know, the Romans were so cruel. They, they, it was just a city in, uh, the, you know, Italy, not Italy at the time, that basically ruled the entire world. How did they maintain such an iron grip on these locales like Judea and Jerusalem? It's because of the cruelty and the methods they created to keep people in line. You know, here you have this system of execution where people were, had to carry a cross through their town, you know, where they're making eye contact with everybody that they've grown up with and know well in their community. They're taken outside of town. A little sign is put up on top of their cross to tell people why they're there. And then they're brutally killed in a most in incredibly awful way large nails are driven through the wrists, through the feet, and they're hung on that cross until they die. And people could walk by as they're entering and leaving the town and see what happens to somebody who goes against the Roman Empire. It is a brutal, brutal way to die. And Jesus is so full of pain that he can't even carry his own cross because he's already been incredibly scourged. And then he, he quotes while he's hanging on the cross. Whoop, he quotes while he's hanging on the cross from Psalm 22. And just think about how, how, how prophetic this psalm is. Verse 1 of Psalm 22 says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? From the words of my groaning, why did Jesus go through this? He is experiencing all the emotional pain of feeling like Jesus, God, the Father, has abandoned him, has forsaken him. That's what he's feeling on the cross. Psalm continues down verse 7 and 8. All who see me mock me. That's what Jesus is experiencing. We're seeing. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. And they say things like, he trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him risk, rescue him, for he delights in him. And then he says, I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My, my strength is dried up like a post heard, and my tongue sticks to my jaw. You lay me in the dust 
of death, for dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among me, them. For my clothing, they cast lots. All of this is prophetic, isn't it? It's pointing towards all that Jesus goes through. Why did he have to go through that? I just want to give you the two reasons that I see. Number one, it's so that we can live. So we can live. Remember how we've talked about Jesus coming into the world as a, as a different kind of kingdom invasion, where he invades this kingdom and voluntarily invites us to join him. And he's trying to rescue us from death. And I, and I think we see that illustrated in verse 21, it's where it says, And they compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, who is coming in from the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his cross. Jesus was so weak, he couldn't even carry his own cross through the town. We get this detail of this guy, Simon, who's father of Alexander and Rufus. And by the way, just as an interesting note, we know that Mark wrote his gospel from the city of Rome. And the apostle Paul, in his letter to the church in Rome, in his final greetings, he greets a, a man named Rufus. He says, greet Rufus and also Rufus's mother, who was also a mother to me, the apostle Paul says. And so it makes you, I think the point that we're seeing here is that every single human being, this is personalizing it, every single human being, the great equalizer is death, right? We don't all have the same equal lives. We don't all have the same talents and abilities and money and experiences. But the great equalizer is that everyone is going to die. We are going to be compelled to death. That's not something you escape. Simon is compelled to carry the cross. Simon, just like us, is compelled to face death one day. Jesus was not at all compelled in any of this. Even though they're forcing him in a lot of ways, he has laid himself down as the God of the universe is allowing them to do these things to him so that we don't have to be compelled by death, so that we can accept the invitation that Jesus gives of life. You know, the Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. Jesus, the very beginning of Mark, he gives his invitation. He says, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. To repent means I admit that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. Whether I have committed the worst possible sin or the smallest possible sin, it's still a sinner in need of a savior. Go back to Adam and Eve. Why is it such a big deal? They, they just ate this forbidden fruit and they get expelled and then them and their entire progeny is condemned to death for that. Now we could debate and I'm trying to understand the, the justice of that, but it's the reality. You can't necessarily understand it, but it's the reality. It's what it is. And Jesus, the other reality, is he gives his life on our behalf and then gives us free life. 
He, and he doesn't compel us. He invites us to it. That's how great the good news is. Jesus died so that we can live. And then secondly, Jesus died so that we can be with him. So that we can be with him. Look at what it says right after he died in verse 38. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. This is the huge, heavy, ornate curtain that's inside the temple building itself. And it's like a dividing wall that separated the holy place from the holy of holies. The holy place could only be entered by uh, the priests. And there were specific rituals that they were called to do within the holy place. The holy of holies was divided by this curtain. And this was where God manifested his presence to the nation of Israel. And inside there was the mercy seat, which was considered like the throne of God. And uh, under the law that God had given them, the high priest could enter the Holy of Holies on behalf of the nation one day out of every year. And he would go in there after cleansing himself with the blood of a lamb and then come in and offer sacrifice on behalf of the entire nation. When God rips this curtain from top to bottom at the moment of Jesus's death, he is making it clear that this is the way to approach me. It's through the death of Jesus Christ. And isn't it ironic that there are people who are mocking him and saying, you call yourself the Christ. You call yourself the King of Israel. Come down from the, the cross that we may see and believe. You know, how many people today say those similar kind of things? You know, well, if God would just audibly start speaking to me, if, if the clouds were to open up and he was to show some kind of miracle, then I would believe. And ironically, this is what Jesus is doing, is making an open door so that we can experience God. But there's an important, important condition to entering into the presence of the Father. And that is we have to go through the cross. We have to admit our sin, admit our need, give up on the idea that I'm good. I'm a good person because I've done all those good things, or I'm a good person because I've never done anything as bad as that. We have to recognize that we've missed God's holy standard, missed his holy mark. Recognize that as hard as that can be to humble ourselves in that way, to receive then the gift of life that Jesus gives us so that we can enter in. And when we enter into the presence of the Father, he makes it clear and we understand and we believe. And that's one of the challenges, I think, of the Christian faith is that you do have to taste it in order to really, really get it. I have to start by acknowledging my need and to know that, okay, Jesus died because of my sin. He went to that cross because of my sin. And in Romans 6, it, it gives us this picture of that through faith, my sin goes on that cross. You know, part of the reason the Romans made the criminal carry their cross was it's a statement to the community that this person is guilty. This person is guilty. Well, in this case, we have an innocent man being declared guilty. And we have a guilty man, Simon from Cyrene, takes on that cross. 
So how ironic is that? It's so powerful to see all these details. There's so much more here and I wish we could, I could go through it and, and just, I'm looking forward to really digging into some more of the detail here. But I really want you guys to just really think about this main idea. If my computer will let me go to the next thing. Why did Jesus die? Why did Jesus die? I think that the ultimate answer to that question is he died because he loves us. Jesus died because the Father loves us. While we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us. That is the love of God. And how many times have we seen in some of the epistles we've looked at, in some of the prayers of the Apostle Paul, just how significant the love of God is. And, and one of Paul's prayers is that we would understand and know God's love in a way that surpasses understanding. In other words, it's experienced. And I really want to encourage you guys this week, and this is one of the things that God's laid on me as I've been studying this passage, is just spending time each day contemplating and meditating on the love of God and asking God, Lord, fill me with your love. Help me understand your love to the point where it goes beyond just knowledge and knowing the answer to why did Jesus die, to feeling it, to experiencing it, and then, and then going out and living in that confidence of who he is and who I am now because Jesus died for me.